2: Today's episode was brought to you by Registering to Vote. U.S.-based Scoobies, many of you live in states where the deadline to register is today, and other states have upcoming deadlines as well. Please ensure you are registered to vote. Even if you think you are, check again. We need all of the Scooby power we can get in the upcoming midterms, and we know that you all are going to be right alongside us as we just keep fighting. We even made a short link for you, bit.ly slash BuffyVotes will bring you to a list of all of the states, their deadlines, and the links to get yourself registered. That's bit.ly slash Buffy Votes.
3: Giles,
0: you'll never believe what's happened.
4: Oh, hey, uh, I won't believe what's happened either. <laughs> Hi, Jenny. Hey, Kristen. Um. Here we are in the intro or the pre-intro, the printro, if you will. uh, We have, of course, some things to tell you before we get into this fabulous episode. Oh, boy. What an episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. But first, do you know what else is good? Oh, my God. Do you know like the real reason that I pushed so hard for us to start
2: making a Buffy podcast? Oh, I know why. And it's it's come to fruition. It's come to truly, fruition, Jenny.
4: Truly, truly, my My most passionate dream of one day uh, making socks as merch has finally come true. <laughs> uh, we have available our first Buffering the Vampire Slayer socks. Uh, I don't know what kind of person you are, but I am a sock person. I love them. And I'm so excited that we finally have these cool socks featuring uh, the little hand gripping the stake in front of the moon and the cemetery scape from our logo. They look so cool. Yes. They're Christine, up in our shop right now.
2: Yes. Christine Tuna, just that that logo just has more and more life in it every day now on our feet. So beautiful. <laughs> and Jenny, have you received the socks yet? Because I've received the socks. Um, I did receive a package of socks and I am so excited about them. Oh my God. (laughs) They look amazing. They do. And they're really soft. They're really soft. And I will say I washed them and they didn't get any ink anywhere. So you can feel safe washing your socks with whatever you do your wash with. So there you have it. Amazing. Another couple of things in the store. Of course, just a reminder that we have our very first vinyl, a seven inch with Jenny, Jenny's version of I will remember you from Buffy's perspective and Ben Thornwell playing the part of Angel for Angel's perspective from I will remember you. That vinyl is up for pre-order now. So get on over there and scoop one up. And we have a new shirt. 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 I think it might be my favorite shirt. Jenny, (laughs) it Rules. It is so cool. It's what would you call this kind of shirt? It's like a, it's in Sunnydale colors. So it's maroon Uh, and gold, but it's like a, it's like a, it's like a football jersey, like a football jersey shirt. And on the front, it says Buffy Forever. And it like looks like iron on letters. It's real cool. And then on the back, Jenny, you tell them what's on the
4: back. On the back, of course, your last name is displayed clearly as Summers and your number, which is one because you are the chosen one.
2: Oh, we're really excited about it. I mean, between the socks and the shirt and the (laughs) vinyl, like, I mean, who needs other ideas for holiday gifts is my question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of exciting things going on in the shop. And you find all of that, of course, at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on shop. In other thrilling news, we will be doing a
4: Buffy watch of Hush. Of Hush. Hush. (laughs) On Sunday, October 14th at 2 p.m. Pacific, this is open to all of our patrons. So if you are a supporter of ours on Patreon, uh, you can get all the details there. And if you are not yet a supporter, but you'd like to get in on that, uh, you can find everything you need to know by just going to bufferingthevampireslayer.com and clicking on Patreon.
2: Yes, we will also be doing a QA video for our $10 patrons. So get those new questions into us when you can. There's a whole thread. Uh, Over on Patreon. And a reminder, since we've been talking about how excited we are about all of our t shirts and vinyls and socks, uh, if you're a $10 patron or higher, you get 20% off of our merchandise all the time. So, good thing to know for you. Totally. Wow. In
4: other very different news, just a reminder oh my gosh, we're going to be at the Vampire Ball in London, November 30th through December 2nd. It's a Massive BuffyCon, James Marsters, Juliet Landau, Julie Benz, uh, Mark Metcalf, a whole slew of amazing cast members. It's going to be incredible. We will be there high-fiving you uh, and having a blast. So if you are going to that event, if you are anywhere near London, come on out. It's going to be amazing.
2: Yes, and uh, otherwise, we are also going to PodCon, which is in Seattle. That's January 19th and 20th. You can find out more, of course, at podcon.com, and we will be there in such good company. So many other incredible podcasters. I think we've already mentioned that the hosts of uh, Still Buffering will be there, which we're really excited about because it's quite a crossover waiting to happen if you ask us. Uh, and we like Rishi is gonna be there, and Hooray! I know so many of our pals and people that we're not pals with yet, but will obviously become pals with once we arrive, are gonna be there, and we hope that you are there too. Okay, Jenny. So, are you ready to talk about Buffy and Spike getting engaged or what? I am so happy for them. This is like such an exciting time. Oh, I can't wait to see what they register for. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I feel like they're going to register for uh, a set of four Kiss the Librarian mugs because I think after living with Giles, that's all Spike's going to want to drink blood out of.
2: Yeah, maybe some like glass straws so he can be like super fancy.
4: Oh, yes. Yes. Wow. Okay, well, let's definitely get into that discussion right now. And welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one
2: at a time, spoiler free. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And I am Kristen Russo. And this week we are talking about Season 4, Episode 9, Something Blue. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing.
4: Yes! Something Blue was written by Tracy Forbes and directed by Nick mark and originally aired on november 30th 1999
2: just eight days after jenny turned <laughs> hey now thank you I just want to keep it going you know uh yeah 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 <laughs> uh this is the one according to imdb where one of willow's spells causes her statements to become reality with consequences both entertaining and life-threatening <laughs> uh but mostly entertaining yeah, I just like that like it self acknowledges itself as entertaining, you know? Right, yeah, 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 Like whoever wrote that was like, boy, isn't it funny Bold. when Buffy and Spike get married. Yes. And, well, they and, only get engaged. Oh, right, 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 right. They're planning their wedding. And uh this is we're in like a we're in like a little streak of season four episodes I think that are phenomenal I mean we just did I I will remember you which is in the angel verse but which is just a gut-wrenching episode then we're on to something blue and next I believe we go to hush is that what's next huh that's Um, right yeah so like just you know and then like not soon thereafter is uh a new man I think is the name of an episode (laughs) right like there's yeah there's a lot of good stuff all yeah, in a, all in a cluster. So I'm really excited. Also, I realized how excited I was to be back in Buffy because Jenny, the last time we talked about an episode of Buffy, it was pangs. And that was at the end of August. And now Oof, here we
3: are at a time
2: ago. I know the leaves are, ch- I mean, the leaves are changing in some areas of the country. The leaves are changing. <laughs> it is no longer the heat of uh, August. And when the previously on started, I was just like, Oh my God, remember, remember all of my friends Like I just I'm so happy to be back. Like we got this scene where Spike is uh, impotent uh, or flaccid or the many uh, words which are used in this episode to describe his inability to attack a human, harm a human. Uh, and we get this flashback of Oz leaving, which you know not not knowing what's gonna happen in the episode, you're like, okay so why are we like is Oz gonna come back like what's yeah what's gonna happen
4: well first we're just gonna get a good sniff of his t-shirt oh this is so this sad. Is sad and hard like hard to watch scene
2: and doesn't it feel like this scene is set up to let us know that like Willow's been doing this since a Wild at Heart like that like Yeah, it feels like she's been doing this on the daily. Right. Be especially when then she goes back again. Like it's Willow has appeared to apparently everyone but Spike, which I want to talk about. But Willow has appeared to everyone to sort of be like slowly mending, but in actuality she's been living in a reality where for her it's not over. Um she's like no, visiting she's waiting for Oz to come back. Yeah, and visiting his room and smelling his his shirt and oh willow it's very 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 sad also where is oz's room like is this is he in a dorm by himself like he doesn't have a roommate no i
4: think he lives in a house the way that like riley and the
2: initiative guys live in a house oh okay okay all of the many bedroomed house all of the men live in houses and all of the women live in dorms because of the patriarchy well i
4: think oz lives like with his band
2: they might mm. be like off
4: campus and then uh, Riley and those guys are older.
2: Right. They're sophomores. So much older.
4: <laughs> no, I think Riley is is Riley's a TA. I think he's
2: older than a sophomore. Oh, you think he's like close a little bit closer to 243.
4: A little bit closer.
2: <laughs> just slightly. <laughs> okay, so so it's a house. So his room is just that makes more sense i guess because she did say like later she says devin sent for his stuff um exactly so or he sent devin tells her that he sent for his stuff so that makes sense okay thank you for clarifying i was just like where is this like where are we here right now? to help my next <laughs> my next note jenny is Capital ha ha has for like seven paragraphs because this is one of my favorite little mini scenes in all the entire season and I remember it watching it the first time, uh, where Riley is assisting <laughs> the Lesbian Alliance of UC Sunnydale in hanging up their so- sign and I have a lot to say about this. Okay. Okay. Um, what first, you of- have to say about it. First of all, the lesbians of UC Sunnydale are all femmes all the time. All of them are long haired, all of them are giggling with Riley. Like, I'm very confused about the lesbian demographic at UC Sunday. As a lesbian, <laughs> as a queer lady, uh-huh. uh, I would just like to say that if I had the opportunity
4: to giggle <laughs> with Riley, I'd be doing it.
2: But fine, fine. I, I did I added in the Riley thing. I, my, main, my main point was visually speaking, these are all femme presenting lesbians. So I thought, hmm. You know, hmm? like who who made this call uh-huh. for all of the long-haired lesbians? Yep, yep. And I also want to know where my utility lesbians are at here. Like what kind of fucking lesbian alliance is like, "Excuse me, sis dude, can you hang this sign for us?" T hee. Like bullshit. I call bullshit. Those lesbians mm-hmm. would be finding one of their own to hang that goddamn sign. So, <laughs> May, maybe,
4: maybe maybe so.
2: Are you, are you, maybe is there's a
4: whole other campus group of, uh, maybe there's multiple sects of, uh, mm. various lesbian campus groups.
2: Division within queer community. What possibly could you be spanking of, Jennifer?
4: <laughs> Less division and more subdivision. I see. It's like, it's like how apparently the secret buffering Facebook group has a bajillion yes, subgroups.
2: Splinter groups. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm.
4: Subgroups. Uh, just like Adams splitting and splitting again and splitting again.
2: I think you are being defensive because you're excited that Riley is helping. And you know, as a queer woman, you would want Riley to help you hang the sign. And I'm here for that. Like, I am a queer woman and I have long hair. I'm a queer woman and I would probably get somebody to help me hang a fucking sign. But I'm just saying that like generally... Utility
4: lesbian erasure is real in yes. this episode of Buffy the Vampire. As,
2: as is masculine presenting. You know what I mean? Just give me a little bit of... Give me a little bit of reality here. I know it's ninety-nine, yep. but I'm pretty sure the lesbians uh, looked many ways and also hung their own signs in nineteen ninety nine. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yes. yes. Um yes. their meeting, their meeting is December 18th, which is the day after my birthday, just so everyone oh. knows. So oh when I go to the Lesbian Alliance meeting at UC Sunnydale, we'll have like cupcakes for my birthday. It'll be really fun. Uh, wow, you will have just turned nineteen. <laughs> yep, yep. And and luckily, luckily for me, I'll have I'll be out, so I will actually be at this meeting. Yes, 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 yes. So let's pivot from queer to really, really, really uh, cis het. Riley here who is now I flirting thought you were gonna say let's pivot from queer to like really gay this yeah wants to
4: go on a picnic <laughs> well is I
2: it, is that too far <laughs> no 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 I'm here for that but I I really okay you know you all know how I feel about Riley in general but Riley has some good moments in this episode for me a critic. One comes in this exchange with Buffy where he's like you're su- I mean at first I'm rolling my eyes cuz he's like you're such a mystery. He calls her a puzzle like 47 times in this fucking episode. Yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah. He's but- like you're just like a Rubik's cube. I want to like twist your midsection and then one way and then twist your lower body another way and then oh. twist your and then and get- line all the the color panes of your various <laughs> facets like <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. I lost it but no you know no what I'm saying. I, I was
2: there with you I, I paused silently so we could see where were you were gonna go with your Rubik's Cube metaphor um mm, but he's nowhere good apparently he stops himself though and he's like you know probably every beautiful girl has some jerk telling her she's a mystery and I thought well this true is and he and he listen I know some dudes uh, a lot of dudes actually I don't know any dudes but I, no. <laughs> I know I know some dudes who would say this as a line right like I'm sure I Everybody was, but I'm in henna, but like the R- Riley was believable to me in this moment that he like recognized the like, Oh, I might seem like an asshole right now. Like telling this girl that she's like a mystery. So, um, I, I liked it points for Riley from Kristen, which is rare. It'll happen every so often. Okay. Here are my points. This is actually, you know, how I feel about Riley and
4: I feel like the Riley Buffy thing in this episode is like the lowest dip that it's had
2: for mm-hmm, me up mm-hmm, to this mm-hmm. point.
4: I do like him hanging a Lesbian Alliance banner and then telling Buffy that he's a lesbian.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I skipped over that. C- cannot. Uh-huh. Can we cannot. Can we actually just play the sound clip of Riley saying he's a lesbian? Please.
3: Oh, yes. I am a lesbian.
4: Nice. <laughs> Welcome, Riley. <laughs> so, um, I, like, that stuff didn't work for me. I was just like, mm mystery, puzzling out. Like, it's just all, like, 25% more Iowan than it needs to be for me. Yeah, for I mean,
2: me this, too, this...
4: like, when he compares her to an oral exam, double entendre much.
2: <laughs> wow.
4: <laughs> yeah. Also, how can he fucking look at her with a straight face and tell her that she's beautiful when her hair looks like that?
2: I... I'm here for Buffy's crimped hair. I'm sorry. Her hair looks so bad. I, Her hair <laughs> looks epically bad in this scene. I mean, it is. And I won't it, hear any different. It goes through many phases of crimpedness.
4: Um, but I... This I is look, the worst phase, this, in particularly in this episode. Like this, this, is, this moment within this episode is peak bad.
2: This is. But you know what, Jenny? Uh, you and I are not... Uh, we don't have credentials to properly discuss Buffy's crimped hair. But you know, someone who I have missed so much in recent weeks... Mm. Uh, who does have those credentials, is here with us. So <gasps> some it's... kind of professional? Some kind of person who, you know, really knows a lot about hair and fashion. <gasps> wow. So without further ado, because we've all missed you so much, let's hear from Kate Lath. It's time for our friend Kate to give you the buffet Fashion
1: Update. Well, welcome back to Buffy Fashion Watch, and it has been a minute, hasn't it? We come back in on something blue, which is, and I know I say this a lot, but one of my favorite episodes. I love it for so many reasons, but primarily, above all, more than anything else, is Buffy's crimped hair. She has so many different hairstyles throughout the series, and so many of them are so cute, but oh my god. This crimped look, I am pretty sure it only shows up in this season. It is highlighted in this episode more than any other. It is worn in so many styles and so many degrees of uh, goodness, but I love it. I am a personal fan of crimped hair in the uh, mid to late 2010s. So at this point in time, yeah, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Honestly, in rewatching this episode, I was surprised at how many fashion highlights there were. Willow gets so many outfits because it takes place over so many days, and she is just absolutely rocking that particular point in time. She's got all the peasant tops, she's got all those sheer chest-tied frilly things, whatever they were. They weren't sweaters, they weren't shirts, they were just there, and they're perfect for her. Her hair's a little flat, but we get it, she's grieving, she's going through a terrible time. Side note! Side note! The fact that everyone in this episode is like, oh my god, Willow, get over it, when it literally just happened, is very out of character. I get that it needs to happen for the plot, but you know,
2: hmm,
1: whatever. But really, Buffy's outfit when she's having the picnic is super cute, her little shawl is adorable, Willow's bell sleeves and her poncho in the beginning of the episode, it's very cute, everyone's pretty on point. Even Xander... I mean, hey, I'm a sucker for a baseball tee, but he looks cute. Anya's hair is not at its best, but we know it's going to get there. And it's not bad. Plus, her shirt's adorable. And we get to see casual Giles. And I love casual Giles. Plus, this episode has the scene of Buffy feeding Spike blood through a straw in a mug that I own, which is great. All in all, this is just a really fun episode. Everybody looks great. Everybody's having a good time, even when they're having a terrible time. You get to see D'Hoffrin. It's just, it's awesome. And until this world does the right thing and starts making peasant tops popular again, I'll see
3: you at the mall. That was our friend Kate. She gave you the Buffy fashion update.
4: Welcome back, Kate Leff. Long have we missed you. Oh,
3: thank so you for good.
4: educating
2: us. So good to hear your voice. The dulcet sounds of Kate Mm. Love's voice. We've all missed it so, so much. So thank you. Thank you for uh, telling us about crimped hair. Thank you for telling us about wedding dresses. We're going to get to that ourselves very soon. Um, But first, of course, of course, to your point about this being too Iowa and this scene ends with Riley saying, don't you just love a picnic? Oh, so. <laughs> well, he's working backwards i know but it's like so and it's I'm, like so goony it's so ridiculous it really is i laughed out loud at that ending line
4: um so like cut to
2: cut to the cemetery
4: yeah buffy's like talking it through with willow and she's like mm, his arms are good arms and i'm yes. like i hear you yeah
2: yeah we all hear you riley's got good arms i mean there's no denying the facts of the matter Riley's got good arms. Alright. Uh, but
4: she's, you know, she's like, mmm, he's so nice and normal. And where's the pain? And yeah. I have to get away. Here's here's something. She's like, I have to get away from the bad boy thing. Has anybody ever looked at Angel and been like, what a bad boy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is I mean Angel is many things, and he has a darkness <laughs> within him, but he is not what anybody would call a bad
3: boy.
2: I'm, I'm sure there's some Giles Angel fanfic wherein which Giles calls Angel a bad boy, but I mean, <laughs> I digress.
3: <laughs> uh,
2: you're correct, but Angel is dark and broody and is, you know, her one true... Pairing that will never be. So he fits into the category of like dudes who are not good for her, but she cannot, you know, bear to be apart from. Um, I think Willow right, does a right, great right, right. job here of calling it out, right? Of being like, oh, there's fucking nothing wrong with him. So like that, that doesn't work for you, Buff. Yeah. And they have this whole exchange, which I wanted to talk to you about because this is something that I have had exchanges with, like in talking to friends, giving friends advice. I've thought about it, like with my own self. You all know I'm a big Spike fan, uh, but. They have this whole exchange. Buffy's basically like, can a nice, safe relationship have fire, right? Like, have that passion, as uh, Angel would put it. Uh, You know, does real love has to, like she says, real love has to go hand in hand with fighting. Like, you know, why do I feel like real love has to go hand in hand with fighting? Can there be this, like, calm, nice thing that also has the the like fire with it. And I, I am 37 years old, Jenny, and I still don't have the answer to that question. And it's something that like I think about all the time. Like what is good in terms of a relationship? What is safe? And not safe, but like, you know what I mean? What is safe? Like Riley safe? Like this nice right, guy right. who blah, blah, blah. But then he like
4: steady, reliable, normal. Right.
2: But it feels like then, and I'm speaking as myself, but also this is basically Buffy. It feels like something's missing, and she says, "I don't know why why I would feel like that." As she then, of course, slays a vampire, which is like a but um dum. rush.
4: <laughs> yeah, moment. yeah,
2: yeah. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? Okay, first of all, I want
4: to say I'm not necessarily rooting for Riley. I'm just here as the devil's advocate for Riley Finn in general because. I feel like he gets dumped on way, 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 way more than is like proportionate to like how offensive he is as a as right. a human being no, and a but, boyfriend. But you're but, but like you're
2: into him being a nice guy, and so I thought maybe that would connect yeah, to something. Yeah. Your... Well,
4: does it? Is it as it is? The, is the idea of Buffy dating Riley as exciting as the idea of Buffy dating Angel? Did you see? I will remember you. Come right, on, right. Like, Who knows, though? Like, I mean, I think maybe different relationships with different people offer different things, right? Mm -hmm, And, like, mm -hmm. maybe the best thing for Buffy at this moment is, like, after her relationship with Angel, maybe the best thing is for her to, like, bounce over to the other end of the spectrum. I think one relationship can hold multitudes. I think that fire and passion can coexist with, Uh, warmth and security. That's what I believe.
2: Something else I want to talk about in this scene is a little heart-wrenching nugget that happens where Buffy says to Willow, seeing Angel in LA was painful even for those five minutes. And we're all like... (laughs)
4: <laughs> it wasn't five minutes, girl. It wasn't. There was a
2: temporal fold, Buff. There was a temporal fold. It was fold. 24 hours and five minutes. Uh, you licked mint, chocolate, fudge, cookie dough, whatever, ice cream off of his pecs. Oh, off you'll never his bare know. bare chest. You'll never know. Anyway, then we get to the credits. Yes. And
4: is it just me or did they edit out Oz's face from the end portion when they're like, boom, prr, boom, prr. And there's two quick cuts of them when they're like on their way to fight the judge at the mall. And I'm pretty sure in earlier episodes, you used to be able to see Oz's face very (gasps) clearly. And I think they changed the cut there. So it's it's snips from the same moment of them walking down the hallway, but you don't see Oz, I think
2: oh my gosh, what? Okay, listeners, that's on you. Send us a... Yeah, I'm
4: sure somebody out there already knows. Please uh, confirm or deny. Thank you. Yeah,
2: please let us know, bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. Thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, So, Spike is in the bathtub. I have... Hell, yes. Right. We've answered the beautiful (laughs) era of Spike in the bathtub. (laughs) Yes. I have, yes, Spike is in the bathtub. Yes, kiss the librarian mug like now we're getting into it season four you know the images that come to our minds when we think of season four i think is spike in a bathtub spike tied up in rope spike with the fucking kiss the librarian mug and the straw of blood um Mm. so here we are we've arrived now a question i had for you jenny is do you think olivia gave giles the kiss the librarian mug oh Oh my god
3: (laughs) yes (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay great 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 so we're just gonna insert that's now canon um uh, people listeners yes uh, a
4: gift from olivia a gift from olivia that's where that fucking mug came wow from. i love that i can't believe i didn't fucking think of that i was <laughs> thinking like where did this mug come from you know what what version of reality i like is the version where giles was like in a trinket shop and he saw that and like sort of like giggled to himself and then like bought it
2: (laughs) I had to laugh off mic for that because it got real loud yeah could
4: you imagine can you just like picture him being oh my god yes I can
2: I can he you know maybe he like when he when he went in his like Halloween rampage and he was just like oh I should get this oh I should get this you think that was like also there and he was just like in the best mood of his life
4: oh my god wait his halloween rampage when he bought his unfortunate hat and uh poncho
2: <laughs> yes but also the like frankenstein that hung and made noise that he could like oh call yes
4: little, you know yeah i'm trying to figure out why a halloween shop would have a kiss the librarian mug but maybe it's just part of the librarian the sexy librarian costume right oh my right god oh. maybe giles was like i'll either go as this or the sex a sexy librarian <laughs> Like, unbutton my black uh, button down that I wore over to Joyce's one time. Like, I'll, I'll just undo a couple of the buttons. Okay. Hold this mug. All
2: right. Throw you're some getting everybody over my
4: shoulder. This is turning into Getting in everybody two. riled up
2: for for Daddy. Yeah, you're really starting to read your like, erotic novel out loud. Everybody in their cars yeah. is like fanning themselves. Yeah. You're like, daddy, ta- could
4: you direct me to the card catalog, please? Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right, Jenny. Actually, this is the perfect way to turn this corner um, because we go from Jenny telling us about sexy Giles to Giles making fun of um, Spike for being impotent or, as Buffy says, flaccid. This is an ongoing joke I could do without all of this, personally. Yeah, I think it holds up because, you know, like feeding is sort of like sexy and whatever, but who knows? Maybe there's problems there. I don't know. Regardless. So Spike is being a fucking pain in the ass right he's like not giving them the information that they need he's complaining because he wants to watch the telly and yeah but he looks great doing it he does he does i mean he's having a great time being a pain in the ass i mean that that is kind of the definition of spike he has a great time being a pain in the ass uh (laughs) and buffy then is like sort of challenging him And wanting to make him uncomfortable and him upset. So she does this move where she like tilts her bare neck to the side. And she's like, look at my bare neck. Oh, the veins are just pulsing with my blood. And Giles, like her dad is right there. This is uncomfortable for everyone. So gross. (laughs) And Giles is like visibly uncomfortable, rolls his fucking eyes and leaves the room. He's just like so over the two of them.
4: Yeah, and then while he's out in the living room, Willow's all like, what about a truth spell? And he's like, tight, pick up the ingredients, please, and meet me back here tomorrow. And she's like, you got it, boss. And then she leaves. Giles comes back into the bathroom and is like, "Mm, Willow had a good idea. I guess she's not as emotionally damaged as she used to be. And Buffy's like, yeah, I think she's getting better. And Spike, of course, Spike always the highest emotional IQ in the room on this show. Spike is like, are you people idiots? (laughs) She's very clearly
2: hanging on by a thread. Right, Spike. Why do you think it is that Spike is so... I mean, Spike and Willow like... I think he's
4: just a more... I think he's more sensitive than anybody gives him credit for because he's always like busy hiding behind his like black fingernails and his like bleach blonde hair and his big leather duster and he's all like, um, tough. But then... On the inside, he's all gooey. (laughs) Remember how in love he was with
2: Drusilla? Mm. I do, I do. We're going to get to talk about Drusilla just in a little bit.
4: Um, I think, too, like, just without saying anything in particular, I think we're going to see when we learn more about Spike's beginnings, Mm -hmm. I think we'll see where some of this, you know, him being more attuned to other people's emotions and him being sensitive to other people, is like kind of left over from
2: his human times. Oh, ooh, whatever might you be speaking of, Jennifer? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So we take a hard corner here from Spike saying the truth into us then seeing the stripped, raw, naked truth. Uh, This is, speaking of, hanging on by a thread. This is horrible, and this is like... This is the moment that I'm sure all of us have had, some of us, many times where you end a relationship and you've lived with the person that you're in a relationship with and it's over and you know it's over, but then you empty the home. And then you're like, that visceral thing, it's just like, I remember my my last ex of five years, I remember living on the Upper East Side with her and I remember when the apartment was empty. And it's just like i think that as humans there's like this visual link like you know like you know you've been feeling it you know that it's this you know that it's that but like when your home is still together it's still together and so like then once that visual thing is broken it like signals to your body like trauma this is like now trauma has set in and that's exactly what willow is going through in this moment
4: a hundred percent it's like too like especially if you're like you know, Willow and Oz weren't living together, but she was spending a lot of time at his place. And like the place that you spend all of your time with the person you're with, takes on like it's almost like another sort of like character in your relationship or it's the context for your relationship.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. And we know that Willow has been holding on to the relationship by visiting this space so it's for her it's even more than these things that we're talking about it is it is like she kind of is having like the character of oz is gone but the character of the space they shared was still there so this is like a loss on the initial loss and it's for her and we'll we'll see this now this is like the final door closing and she of course was devastated before but this is a whole nother level of devastation for her So Mm -hmm. we cut right to, of course, oh, the willow crying. It's just so much, you know. It's just really a lot. Um, And she says, (sighs) I feel like I've been split down the center and half of me is lost. And... like I mean come on and Buffy in this moment I just want to like generally say I really wish that Buffy was doing a better job supporting Willow I don't think that Buffy does a good job in this episode there's a couple of moments in specific which I will talk about when we get there but In this moment, Buffy is trying to say she's lived through this. Um, She's lived through feeling like half of her has been gone because it was. She sent that half to hell, as a matter of fact. Um, And she, you know, and so she knows this pain um, and she is... Also I think what is cool about Buffy is that she recognizes that it is the same pain that just because she's the slayer and her boyfriend was a vampire and she had to send him to hell it's the fucking same pain that like Oz got in a fucking in his van and left and that Willow is in it and so she she's trying to tell Willow it feels like that now right it that's now but you just like and later she says so you don't have to move through it and Willow just answers, Oz is gone. And that's when we know, like, this that's what this is to her. Like, he wasn't gone before. He's gone now no it's real sad um then we cut to an establishing shot which i thought you would enjoy jenny because the establishing shot to let us know that we're at giles is his car oh is his car <laughs> his car's out front yeah that piece of shit. yes it's just really funny also I've i missed it i think they got that out of storage for this episode <laughs> yeah uh something else they got out of storage for this episode is the green mug which we see on the counter while giles is talking on the phone Ah, yes. Wait,
4: wait, I have to jump back now and say that, like, I think maybe if Olivia gave Giles that mug, he wouldn't be feeding Spike out of it. Oh, you're right. And you know that lends strength to my theory of he just saw it and bought it for himself.
2: That's true. And you know, what? honest to God, you know what mug fucking Olivia bought him is probably the goddamn green mug. Like Olivia is like the classiest bitch around. You know what I mean? She's like, they're they're always like drinking whiskey. And yeah, exactly. Yep,
4: yep, yep. She's like hanging out in his shirt. Classic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that was then. And this is now. And uh, Spike needs to see Passions. Timmy's down a bloody
2: well. So I looked into this because I remember Passions. I didn't watch Passions, but my sister was, like, obsessed with Passions. And Aww. I was like, Timmy, I remember the character of Timmy. And so I just want to, like, insert here a little little 90s trivia. Tri- is it trivia? It's not trivia. It's actually really sad, but it's also really bizarre. So Timmy, um, Timmy Lennox is the character's name from Passions, which was, a, in case you don't know, Passions was, like, a soap opera. But it was... Like, a, I don't know. I guess it was just a soap opera, but it was, like, very popular with younger people, whereas, like, Days of Our Lives and stuff was not as on the on the map, you know? I don't know why. Let's mm-hmm. talk amongst yourselves about that. But anyway, <laughs> Passions had this whole storyline where this woman had this doll, and the doll became a real boy, and the real boy was Timmy. What? Um Something really bizarre and sad is that Timmy, the character of Timmy, was played by an actor named Josh Ryan Evans, and in this crazy, like, ironic and horrible twist of fate, that actor um, died of a congenital heart defect the day his character died on the show, like, the day that that episode aired, is the day that the actor, isn't that fucking spooky and crazy and weird? That's wild. So I wanted to just say that because that was not what I was looking for, but I found it and was like, what? And also <laughs> I, I couldn't, and I might just have missed it. I didn't do like a deep dive on this, but I couldn't find anything about that character, Timmy being down a well, but Timmy being down a well is like a, it's a Lassie thing, right? Exactly. And it's like a thing that is used. Like it's like a trope, almost like a trope of like Timmy's down right, the well right. again, you know, um, right from Lassie. And, and so I don't know if that was, you know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't know if that was intentional. I don't know if there's a plot line in, in Passions where Timmy was down a well, or if it's Spike, like, tongue-in-cheek, like, wanting to watch Passions and then, like, also making fun of, you know, this, I don't know. I don't know. So I would love to hear your thoughts, uh, listeners, on, like, what what the structure of that line was intended for. Probably it's something really obvious that I just haven't thought of.
4: <laughs> Maybe it's, like, they can't, like, reference specific plot points of somebody else's intellectual property. Is that that's Mm, boring anyway (laughs) okay so the reason that giles can't get into the bathroom right away and turn the telly on uh passions (laughs) for spike is because he's busy leaving a voicemail for willow who didn't show up yeah as they had planned to uh do the truth spell
2: very unlike our willow but we know why um we know what she's going through yeah yeah Goody goody uh, for us. We have arrived at the picnic. How fun. And Riley. So is
4: this going is the to... lowest, lowest point for them, as far as I'm concerned, up to this point. It's supposed to, I think, be hot. And he's all like, yeah, you just like roll the windows down and let <laughs> it wash over you and like <laughs> let it all go. And I'm like, it's almost shocking that he wasn't like hug the curves.
2: You know, yeah, yeah. also he has a line. and, like, I know that contextually it's not at all this, but he says, like it's just that like you don't like driving because you just haven't had a good experience yet. And like, as Ew. a. Cl- as a queer woman, I was just like, I'm uh-uh, not here for it. And I obviously, like, that's a totally different thing of, like, a dude being like, you just haven't tried the right guy yet. And Buffy is a, a straight straight woman for, to all of our, I mean, probably, I mean, I just remembered Faith, so I don't know if we can call her straight. But, um, mm-hmm. but you know, he's, he's saying, like, all those other guys weren't me. All those other drives weren't what the kind of drive we would take in my car. And like, uh, it didn't, I know, I know it's a stretch. And so I'm not going to play my jingle. I'm not going to play my jingle. He didn't, he didn't get me that upset, but it just bothered me. Also, I mean,
4: he's not wrong. Like you can have the same category of experience with, with two different people and have it be very, very different.
2: Right. Totally. Totally. And, and, you know, he doesn't know Buffy's history. My main complaint is that this just isn't hot and it should be. Okay your complaint has been filed uh this is actually i have a big complaint to file with buffy in this scene okay so they're having their fucking picnic and i get it like she likes riley whatever her friend just fucking her best friend just learned that her ex-boyfriend has moved all of his stuff away and she has no idea where and he's gone and she's devastated and buffy knows she's devastated and willow comes over to the fucking blanket and is like hi, the apples are turning brown like they do. (laughs) I'm like just so sad. Jesus, lady. She's so sad. And Riley, and this is why I didn't play the jingle for Riley, because Riley is like there for it. You know, Riley's like, you know what? Sit down. Like, this girl's not okay. Take a seat. And Buffy is just kind of like, well, this is weird, isn't it? It's like, get over yourself, Buffy. And this
4: isn't the first time that we've seen Riley like go out of his way to like take care of Willow. Uh, yeah. In the wake of her breakup with Oz.
2: I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I think at this point, Riley has been a better friend to Willow than Buffy. And I I think you're right. I <laughs> just need Buffy to get get it together and support her best friend.
4: Yeah, this is just like not how, this is not how Buffy functions in friendship. She's not what you think of when you think of a good friend. That's just like not who Buffy
2: is. No, it's not. Sigh. So... We cut to the bronze, and we get a great song placement. They probably paid a pretty penny for this Blink-182 song. All the mm -hmm. small things. I like literally, I've played it for myself, like the whole song, because I got so excited. I loved Blink-182. I loved Blink-182. I loved them so much.
3: Uh, and Anya
4: just reminding us here that she used to be a vengeance demon, you know, saying, oh, I wish I had my powers back. I'd liquefy his entrails for her.
2: <laughs> yeah. Thanks uh, for that, Anya. Right.
4: But don't worry. Willow's dancing up a storm. But do worry because she's apparently really drunk on light beer.
2: This is funny to me. And, like, we've kind of experienced it already with Beer Bad and, like, just in general because they don't drink um, in college. But I just feel like, and not to say that, like, everyone drinks in college, but a lot of people drink in college. And I I think it's really odd that, I mean, I know they have to do this because it's a television show and, like, young people are watching it and they can't just, like, have people drinking underage and, like, have that be okay or whatever. But it's just funny to me because, like, Willow's having a beer. Willow is standing up and dancing. She's being a little mean, but like she's been through heartbreak. And the like Xander and Buffy's response to her is like she, she like is developing a problem. And it's like, <laughs> guys,
4: like. Yeah, it's like very extreme, but also I think tonally that's kind of like in line with the approach at the time on like, you know, major network television. Yeah. Right,
2: right. I just want to make sure everyone knows that in the 90s in college, we definitely drank beer. We were drunk. We were so
4: drunk. (laughs) At least Jenny and Um, I were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Then, mm, you know, when you're just like in college and you're like trying new things for the first time and you like also just experience the great heartbreak. The only way you could possibly deal with that <laughs> is by embracing the classic co-ed activity of rolling out of your bed in the middle of the night, gathering your supplies, traipsing down the hall to your bathroom that you share with, like, the 30 other people on your oh, hall, yeah. setting up a nice big candle circle and praying that you won't get interrupted while you're all like, "Goddess
2: Hecate, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, I mean also like the book made me laugh so hard cuz it's just a giant oh, book witchcraft. that says witchcraft on the front. I want you to know
4: that I'm I when I said witchcraft, I pivoted my my shoulders so that one was leading and one was behind me. Oh, nice. um, Okay, thank you for that you know, visual. <laughs> let me just say it again so you can picture me doing that while I say it.
2: Okay. Witchcraft. <laughs> Yeah, there it did is, Did you feel Jenny. it? I did, I really yeah. did. Uh, <laughs> um, also, right, I'm glad you talked about the shared bathroom. It's like, this really happened. If this actually happened, if Willow got up at 3.30 in the morning, but pulled out her witchcraft book, set up all her candles, if no one had walked in while she was setting up that circle, some bitch would have stumbled in drunk with a toothbrush when those candles erupted in flame and would have been like, percent What 100%. in the fuck? You know, like... Come on.
4: A hundred percent. Also, like after the flames blaze up and then like things get really blown out and there's like a bunch of quick cuts and then they like zoom in on Willow's face really fast. <laughs> it's um Yeah. It's uh those kind of high production values yeah. that make Buffy a show that really stands up today, twenty years later. Yeah.
2: Mm. My my note my last note in the scene in all caps was cool fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh so nice. Giles is um expanding his family here. He's branching out on his fatherly duties and he is checking up on Willow. And this is like Aww. this right it was it's really sweet, but it struck me too. Like I had a moment of being like because because he comes in and he's like, "Listen, you like shirked on your responsibilities." And at first I was like, "This is nice that he's checking in on Willow." And then the second thought I had is, "What responsibilities?" Like Willow isn't the Slayer. And, like, I understand they have, like, this established thing, but it it just occurred to me that, like, we've all gotten real comfortable with each other now and and our roles. Like, it is so rooted that Willow is the witch of the group that that she's part of it. She has just the same kind of responsibility that Buffy has, where if she doesn't show up, Giles is going to come to her door and be like, um, excuse me, young lady. (laughs) But you haven't participated in this family that we have and you, you know, I want to know why. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that's weird? I mean, I, I I went back and forth with it. At first, I was like, hmm, I don't think I like this. And then I was like, no, you know, I think I do. Like, I think that it's been four years that they've been together and working together and they have roles and, like, there's expectations now based on their history. So, like, I am here. I think that Willow wants to be held to those expectations. I don't think that they're being, like, placed upon her in any way. I think she really wants that. So I feel good about it, but it just struck me, you know?
4: Yeah, well, I think when you, like, have a chosen family, um, you have to, aside from just figuring out like what that means, like what that is shaped like. You also have like the possibility of um assigning or stepping into various roles. Uh where everybody's kind of like figuring out what they are in this larger context of like Giles and Buffy and Xander and Willow and now like other you know, formerly Oz and
2: Yeah. Uh, now Anya.
4: Anya now mm hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes yeah.
2: Bike. And, and now, honestly, now Spike. Listen, Spike's in, man. Oh. <laughs> um, so, and, and they have this, uh, Giles and Willow have this pretty intense fight. I think it is probably one of the more intense fights that they've gotten into where... Willow's had it and she says like you know everybody cares but nobody wants to be inconvenienced and I think that Willow is upset with Buffy like I, I like and she should be because right because right. Buffy was fucking inconvenienced by her and it was really fucking not okay and I know I already got upset about it once but I, I'm very upset about it and I think Giles is just sort of like stepped in and is taking the place of Buffy for Willow because like Giles hasn't done anything wrong and Willow knows that but she's lashing out at him because she's so hurt by the fact that she doesn't feel like her best friend has her back and she gets so fired up in fact that when she says to giles you can't see anything giles gets. he immediately starts losing his vision and oddly like i'm sorry but if you were in a room with somebody who you were pretty close with and suddenly you just couldn't see anything like his response would really be this, like
4: whoa something just happened
2: yeah but he's like i'm gonna actually go right now i'm gonna leave and then he like stumbles down the hall, like bumps into some kid um, and heads home without being able to see very well. And with him, it's a gradual thing. Um, because later he says, like, I'm completely blind. Like now I can't see anything. So we know that for him, it was this like slow first, it was just foggy and it and it increases right, over right. time.
4: So even though Giles is uh, having some vision difficulties. He's not going to let that stop him from at least trying to do the truth spell on Spike by himself. But he can't even, like, get through the whole spell because he can't make out every single word. Meanwhile, Spike uh, somehow gets the handcuff key that's just laying on the floor. Yeah. I don't know if we saw it fly there or not, but he snags it. He un- unhooks himself, and he runs to the door, grabs his leather jacket, of course, and then exits. And yeah. That he just, like,
2: couldn't. Couldn't possibly leave it there. No, of course not. And what is Spike without his leather jacket? Come on. Uh, Right. So then we get this, like, beautiful cutaway scene, uh, beautiful little side scene where they were back in the dorm room. Spike Spike has escaped, but Buffy doesn't know yet. And Buffy and Willow are in the room, and Willow is like, you know, I just don't know. I did this thing, and, like... I just don't even have my powers anymore. And we see Amy on the bed, and Amy's a rat. And Willow is basically like, it's just like Amy had so many powers. Like it's like first she was a real girl, and like poof, all of a sudden yeah. we see Amy, who's finally not a rat. And then in her next wow, what's breath, what's up, Amy? <laughs> yeah, hey, Amy. Uh, in her next breath, she's like, and then poof, she was a rat. And then blam, she's a rat again. No one ever saw it except for us. Um, that Amy had one brief moment of being a human again, uh, which is really funny. And also Amy's hair color is different. Um, so I don't know if the rat got like a dye job or like what, right. Sure. Very possible. The rat had some time to go to the salon, I guess at some point. Uh, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: (laughs) Um, I've got a, I've got an issue, which is that there is no way that a, uh, UC campus allows
2: pets. Yeah, but you know what else? There's no way. There's no way that any students listen to any rules ever. So you know, all right, like all right. I had I had a girl write into me once when I gave uh, advice on everyone is gay, and she wanted to know if she should buy a dove for her girlfriend. They had been oh, dating. Right. They'd been dating for one month, uh, and she wanted to know if she should get a dove for their one month anniversary. Well, the traditional one month the traditional- <laughs> gift is dove. <laughs> And, and part of the question was, but you know, like part of the struggle was not like, well, I've only been with her for a month. Maybe I shouldn't get her a dove. That wasn't the question. The question was, but my dorm, like her dorm doesn't allow pets. But like, I still think maybe I should get it. And so I was like, girl, maybe you shouldn't get a fucking dove because you've been together for 30 days. How about that?
4: <laughs> also, birds are just like, yeah, I've long maintained that birds are the creepiest Um <laughs> division Aww. of animals that we still like generally think of as like cute aren't whatever. they like aren't because, they like
2: the closest to dinosaurs or
4: something wouldn't you would know which i'm into yes but but look at their scaly feet and their beady little eyes and their, but those are the their dinosaur totally unknowable uh allegiances and motives I'm, I'm sure that we're gonna get like 75 emails that are like actually my silky chicken and i have a very meaningful bond and here is how it took care of me when I was sick and I'm I'm sure that like please prove me wrong I want to know about it but birds just seem difficult to connect with okay. in my well, view and also they're loud and squawky they're bad bad dorm pets if you're trying to keep it on the low I guess is the, the least of what I could say
2: yeah so please go with a rat especially a rat that it used to be a human
0: you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything
2: yo, so Spike, you know, he's probably, like, Buffy's like, I have to go. And she's not nice about it. She's not fucking nice about it. She's like, Willow, you, you, you like, fucking gotta understand this. It's like, duty calls. Like, fuck you, Buffy. Be nice. And then just Willow- Just be warm. Right. Be, like, compassionate in any fucking manner. And instead she's like, you know, I gotta go. And so Willow's like, uh, oh. he's probably just standing out there. And so then, poof, A spike is just standing in the middle of the field right when Buffy gets out there, which is hilarious. And they're both like, "Huh, that's funny." Uh, and then they, yeah. like, sort of, great. Spike, Spike's like, uh, I think this is where the initiative door was, but it's not, and he can't find it. And then they get in this fight, which is really funny, because Spike punt- manages to punch Buffy, but it hurts him way more than it hurts Buffy. And then Buffy yeah. punches him right on the heels of him uh-huh. basically uh-huh. punching himself. So uh, just very, very funny. <laughs> yeah. Then she marches him back
4: to Giles' house.
2: Oh, yes. Uh... And here we go.
4: Yeah. And at the same time, Willow's having a conversation with Xander about how frustrated she is that that uh, Buffy abandoned her to go get Spike. Mm
3: -hmm. And uh,
4: of course, this naturally leads to what you say about anybody who's spending time with somebody else when they should be spending time with you. Why don't they just get married?
2: Yeah, the classic Pee Wee Herman line. <laughs>
4: Why don't you yeah, just marry? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, <laughs> I also yeah. And want this to... is when shit really starts to get good. Yeah, this is exactly. And before we get to the brilliance of this episode, I just want to say I do appreciate the line of Buffy saying, uh, oh, I got the stones. Because Spike is basically like, you don't have the stones to hurt me. And she's like, oh, I got the stones. I got a whole bunch of stones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Yeah. So, so with this wish, with this intention, Giles comes out and Spike and Buffy have become engaged. They are just smitten with each other.
3: It's just so sudden. I don't know what to say.
2: Just say yes. You make me the happiest man on earth.
3: Oh, Spike. Of course it's yes. <sighs>
2: and (laughs) oh my god and also giles immediately pours a drink like immediately like he can't see anything and he knows this is happening and he's like fuck this shit he goes immediately to his whiskey bottle and uncorks it and it's just like i I fucking cannot with these children and these vampires and my life i'm i just it's too much god god there is a scene, so whatever, Giles calls Willow because he's like, what the fuck is going on? In the meantime, Willow is also told Xander that he's a demon magnet, which will have right, later right. implications, and then we get this scene, there's a lot of scenes, but this scene in particular, so so Spike and Buffy are like intertwined, they're just like all tangled, and it's a lot. Spike is, says to
0: Buffy, oh,
2: howdy, look at that lip, I'm gonna get it.
0: Go ahead.
3: Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: stop. <laughs>
1: yes, please stop.
3: And like
2: Sarah Michelle Geller, like <laughs> I just one day I wanna find out how many times they had to do this scene because it looks like she barely fucking makes it through the scene without (laughs) like just hysterically laughing at James Marsters. And I mean, it's just hysterical. And this is the first, right. They've they've obviously like never, never had to do a kiss scene, never had to do anything. So I feel like they went from zero to a hundred with this episode. Uh, Oh my God. Yeah. It's just so delightful. Uh, in so So many many ways. So many of like the, the
4: small bits of dialogue and the small, like, physical decisions that they make like later there's a scene where like uh somebody's revealing you know oh i think xander is like oh my brain I like i i know something what is it what is it what is it and it's while spike and buffy are like deeply making out and embracing each other and then like spike <laughs> is like still trying to make out with buffy and she's like honey she's like what is it honey honey get off me and like <laughs> right. continues to talk to xander like there are so many tiny things like that that like make it look like they've been uh passionately making out with each other for like you know two years
2: yeah yeah exactly they're like somehow in the throes of passion but also an old married couple like all at <laughs> all at once just really yeah. just also
4: that he proposed with his like huge silver skull ring and Buffy <laughs> just wears it for the rest of the episode and like shows it to
2: Giles when she's like "It's so something good. wonderful has happened <laughs> also so Giles this moment that happens like right away with Giles is hysterical because and I feel like Giles plays the role of the viewer in this scene where Buffy is like, you know, you're my. She says something that very is very interesting, and she's like, I, you're my real family. Like, it, she really, and she's. I mean, we we've been speaking about them as chosen family for a long time, but like to say you're my real family. Essentially, you're my real dad. Like that's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. And she and she says to him, like, I want you to be the one to give me away. And we all I think as as the audience are like, Oh, which is exactly what Giles does. He's like, right. Exactly. Before he's like, wait, 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 (laughs) wait. Right. We like all get caught up in this moment. And then we're like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, this is crazy. This is not even what?
4: Um, Yeah. Yeah. Then Buffy drops the A-bomb yes he says angel's name and spike is like you weren't gonna say that name
2: <laughs> So he gets so dark so quick. he's like oh are we gonna have the florist angel would have and are we gonna do the things yeah. angel would want to do and fucking oh it's <laughs> yeah. so
4: good yeah yeah and then, and then of and course he's like oh like i don't live under the shadow of drusilla you know it's really hard for me to like believe that you're not going to be thinking about her on our honeymoon when you're making sweet love to me and then giles <laughs> I think Wills himself to go
3: completely blind <laughs> yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's when he loses his vision all the way. Oh God! And then we get this like new caveat, which is that Spike is going to be helpful because he's marrying Buffy and he wants to help oh, his yeah. future father-in-law, which is nice. Oh, my like that's God. nice. Um. <laughs> And then cut to, oh my goodness. Now we're on Main Street. Buffy is walking down the street because she's going to go get some mugwort or whatever the fuck for Giles uh, to try to figure out what's going on with Giles' vision. And... She sees a wedding dress in the window, and like a like a cartoon character being caught away, carried away by the smoke of the smell of a pie. She um, she is caught by this wedding dress and just sort of plasters herself against the window. And who is to walk by? I mean, you know, you can't go walk down the uh, main drag here in Sunnydale without some hunky dude walking by you. Like, it's either gonna be Angel, or it's gonna be Riley, or it's gonna be Faith. Who's it gonna be? You know. Mm. And this time it's Riley, and she's like, "Oh, Riley, aren't these dresses beautiful?" And later, it seems like Riley reacted in a way where he recognized that it was a wedding dress and got uncomfortable. But to me, I read it as Riley doesn't know what a wedding dress is. He was like, "Ah, uh, it's nice, but it seems <laughs> seems fancy for school. Like what?" Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> um, and then of course this scene. Is- I I just want to say this is like the this is the
4: best. While while I think this is overall kind of like the worst episode for me watching Buffy and Riley interact, this scene is like one of my favorites of theirs together so far. Yeah, it's uh, good. Uh, yeah, I think they're they're making some great comedy together. Ugh. And I do question that she shows him the skull ring after she's like, "I'm engaged," and he and he's not like. Are you sure you're engaged? Because that's a great big <laughs> silver skull ring.
2: Yeah, I think he's just so turned around. He doesn't understand what is up and what is down because she's totally literally out of her mind. He's totally old. Not as old as my last boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: You'll really like him. Well, nobody really likes him. I don't even really like him. But I love him. <sighs> oh, it's and so good. And then when she's like, Spike,
2: and he's like, that's a name? <laughs> Oh, God, we'll get to the name shit later because that's a whole thing, too. But um, first we go to Xander's. We're in the basement. And now I want to just say here in our mailbag episode, we talked about the fact that um, we thought Xander's mom had made fruit punch because she had a crush on Giles. But now we learn that Xander's mom just left like she was just down there with snacks hanging out with Anya and Xander. So I don't know. Maybe she also
4: has a crush on Anya.
2: Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I Uh, mean, (laughs) who wouldn't? Wow, maybe we can work them into our Sexual Tension Award. Nice. Uh, Anya and Xander's mom. Great. (laughs) Um, But we get a really unfortunate line. Just think of my lips as the fruit roll-ups of love, says Xander. Yeah, I wish I could unhear that. That was a Uh, pretty big bummer. It's pretty bad, but it's also pretty funny and uh, in its horror. Um, I want to say that I think Anya is a very good kisser. Um, I feel like we, we, we see her kiss. Like there's just a scene where they, they kiss and I, I mean, maybe Emma Coffield is a really good kisser is what I mean to say, but, um, I just feel like she, she gives good kiss in the scene and I'm like real good. Kiss. just here for it uh then of course the demon party begins and Anya hilariously is like Xander that's not how you kill this kind of demon Th- obviously you have to drown this demon luckily there's a sink full of water in which <laughs> they can drown so this weird. demon um meanwhile like after that demon drowns it's, it's not like
4: it, it turns to dust they're just gonna have to like lug that human-sized demon body
2: right out of
4: xander's basement and do something with it
2: later all right but uh we never see what happens with the dead demon bodies or if xander's mom comes back down with fruit roll-ups and sees a dead demon in the scene. jesus (laughs) uh but we cut to um a sweet cake topper uh walking up the arm of spike And fucking yep. Giles is like, I can hear the smacking. Like I can hear, I can, <laughs> is it worse to see them? Like for him, for Giles, is it worse to see them making out or is it worse with what he has, It, which is he can't see it. He can just hear it. And I think I've, just hearing it is worse. I do too. Um... Buffy suggests putting a little dri- dribble of blood on the on the boy cake yep. topper and yep. Spike is. Oh, delighted. yeah. And then she says like
4: blood of the innocent, all like sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. They have a brief discussion about like, what what are the invitations going to look like? Is it going to be William the Bloody or just Spike?
2: And, and obviously it's going to look weird. Obviously, the answer here is William the Bloody. I mean, think of a wedding invitation. Totally, William the Bloody, I disagree. I think William the Bloody would look fantastic on a wedding invitation. Uh, I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Spike is like, don't make fun of my names. Your fucking name is Buffy. And has anyone ever discussed yeah. it in the series to this point? I don't think so. I feel like there might have been something like really early
4: on in season one. Where Buffy says her name to like some some
2: powerful vampire, maybe. Oh, like, maybe. Really? God, but this is this is hysterical. But and we learn first of all, I think it's is it Spike who says like, "Oh yeah, Buffy." It's that touch of classic elegance. (laughs) Yeah, that that hurts real good. And then we learn that Joyce is the one who gave Buffy her name. Yeah, how about that? How about that?
4: Uh, Yeah, I wonder if she's named after like Buffy St. Marie or something.
2: (laughs) Yeah, of course. So Xander and Anya roll up because they're like, Motherfuck, there's some demons. Help. Uh-huh, and uh-huh, uh-huh. they um, almost immediately learn that, well, Giles can't see and also who Spike and Buffy are engaged to be married. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Xander says, how? What? How? To which Giles replies, Three excellent questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: and then Xander starts putting it together. He's like, yeah. oh, I remember these very specific phrases, which is great. And Buffy is like, I probably only escape. It's because I'm the Slayer
2: and I have natural immunity. Yeah, and shout out to Xander. This is like a really good moment for Xander. I mean, really, this he saves the day here because he's the one who like Truly. connects the dots and then helps Giles to start connecting the dots. And in his conversation, as he's connecting the dots, he says something like, like, Willow has just been like, oh my God. And Anya gets this great little Anya moment where she's like, I don't have to be nice about her anymore. Like, <laughs> immediately. <laughs> It's just like poor Willow, though. No, no, for real, for real. Willow.
4: Not poor getting Willow. the support
2: she deserves. I, I agree, but I just you know it just tickled me. Yeah, totally. That Anya is here. So me speaking of poor Willow, Willow. Now this is a touch of like, oh Willow has some power, right? Because now not only is Willow have we seen Willow like levitate things and do spells that work like this one and like all this shit. But now De Hoffren has showed up because he wants to make her a fucking demon, which is pretty major. Yeah, Dehofran is recruiting. Yeah, you have much anger and pain. like, whoa, man, you know he's like you what does he say to her something like you've caused like the pain you have brought upon your friends shows that you have immense power which you know willow doesn't want to be a demon and she says no to this offer whatever but i just feel like put a pin in that because i think it's indicative of the fact that willow's power is increasing and increasing so much that it's been recognized by a, a demon maker hell yeah and we also yeah. yeah. And tell me if I'm wrong, Jenny. I think we also learn here because did we did we know Anya's history before she was turned into a demon before this episode? Because she's like, I was doing spells. I was like, you know, putting boils on penises and shit. Which here for it, here for it, Anya. Um, but <laughs> like, but like, you know, she's like, I was doing spells. Da da da. da and then I was called. So it sounded like, you know, Anya was in a similar bent to Willow, was called and said yes to this. Did we know that? Yeah,
4: we haven't actually—I don't think—seen any of Anya's backstory, so I—I th- I think this is the
2: only information we have about her history. Cool, up, up to this point. I thought it was cool. I was like, "Oh yeah, fucking Anya was a person before." Like, I didn't—I don't think I considered right, that right. Anya was ever a person. I just thought that she was like born. I thought she was born like that, born a vengeance demon. Yeah, but uh, vengeance demons are made and not
4: born. Yes,
2: apparently. <laughs> as we learn. So they're on the way to, this, to the cemetery and
4: all of Oh, uh, uh, yeah? Yeah. Well, you know, a demon pops up and Buffy's just seen a really nice crypt that she'd love to have wedding photos in front of. <laughs> and she- it really makes you realize how Buffy probably spends as much time in cemeteries as, like, Spike does. So that's yeah. just, like, one more thing they have in common. Yeah. And when the demon rolls up, she's like, okay, we're going to do this without destroying any of the foliage because she is thinking ahead to her wedding photos. Oh, my God. It's too
2: much. It's truly too much. And she, so they, so she kicks, like, she kind of, she doesn't kill it, but she, like, kind of knocks it all away. And then, like, a bunch of other fucking demons arrive and they flee to the crypt. They go inside the, the crypt. Anya, like, draws a circle around herself and is like, Nah, da, da friend, the half friend, call on the, uh, uh. she's like, can't. Yep, yep. <laughs> She can't you know, remember. She, she said that she said that poem or
4: whatever for that invocation all the time for a thousand years. She's been human for like
2: a semester and a half. I know, but she's just she lost her, she lost her words. And luckily, oh, yeah. I mean, luckily she doesn't need them. Dr. Hoffren doesn't need to get summoned um, because Willow says, I do not want this. Also hot second pause for whoever's on DeHoffren's AV team that like <laughs> helps him out with his fucking like projector that he rolls out between his fingertips to show her the inside of the crypt <laughs> like i just oh uh, yes the metaphysical av team yeah yeah i just pictured like when that happened i really had a good laugh because i imagined like all these little demons that were like like setting up the cameras in the crypt and then like running back and being like okay the wires are connected to the fucking okay yeah all you have to do man is and he's like it's, it's kind of oh. staticky <laughs> my god so shout out to the hoffron's av team they did a great job it worked really well yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Willow, of course, doesn't want to cause her friend's pain, so she says no. And Da'afren, you know, it's this big build where you think Da'afren's yeah, gonna yeah. be like, and instead he's like, okay, well, here's my talisman. So you know, if you change your mind, give us a chant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: Really
2: yeah. good. He's a, he's a classy, civilized dude. He, uh, yeah, he is. All things considered. I mean, de Hoffren is, has never done us wrong, right? I mean, de uh, seems on the side of, of good for the most part. Or at least the side of a good time. Yes, exactly. Um... Uh, <laughs> So Willow is transported back into the crypt where she, you know, does a spell like only Willow can do. Like she's still, no, it seems like no matter how powerful she gets, she's always like delivering her spells confusedly. Like she's like, um. Totally. And then you say this word and then you say this other word and then the words together make the power. And like it it works. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the demon disappears in between Anya and Xander. And we didn't even talk about this, but fucking Spike and Buffy were helping no one. They were just making they were out. They just making out on the floor. <laughs> on the floor, which, of course, like, is a setup so that when the spell is broken, we get the glorious moment of them being Where actual. Where they like, two up, two up, two up, two up. <laughs> yes. Um, Buffy says, Spike lips, lips of Spike. Which um, uh-huh. is pretty good, uh-huh. and and we get a bellowing "Oh bloody hell!" from William the Bloody. <laughs> They're both very upset about this makeout that has been happening uh, between them. Uh, and then, uh, you know, wedding is called off. No wedding for those two, sadly. Because such a uh, bummer that they didn't uh, figure out a way to make it. Uh, right? I, I but... could have used I could have used more time of watching the two of them fucking think that they were in love with each other. I'll tell you what. Oh
4: my god! Oh my god! <sighs> well. Willow's got a lot of cookies to
2: bake to work through her guilt. Yes, she does. And she, you know what she gives us, Jenny? She gives us some hell math. Hell math. The hell math is that the cookies are, third. they they assuage, assuage, how do you say that word? Assuage, I think. Assuage, great. That's one of those words that like I've only read. Assuage is basically <laughs> what you
3: said. <laughs> Ha 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 ha!
2: assuage they um, assuage 30% of her guilt but only 7% of her inner turmoil yeah that is some proper hell math isn't it it is I think it is indeed I was very excited because we have not used the hell math jingle in quite some time I was actually very disappointed in you Brittany and Laura for not playing the hell math jingle when you did all of your your orgasm orgasm math yeah sorry
4: about that
2: very deserving of a hell math jingle
4: you know what's heavy on hell and light on the math uh-huh. Is that Spike reveals for all of us that uh, Buffy wanted a particular song for the first dance, and the song that she wanted was Wind Beneath My Wings.
3: Oh.
2: Wind Beneath My Wings. Oh, my God. And she's so mortified in a way where you know Spike is not it's lying. True. That it is yeah. true. And she's like, it-, it was the spell. That was the spell. It's just a... <laughs> And I just feel like, you know, Kathy and Buffy got off on like a really rough foot and like, Mm. but I just feel like, you know, a Celine Dion fan and a lady who wants to play Wind Beneath My Wings at her wedding are not that distant from each other. True. I think they perhaps had more in common than they ever got to find out. Uh... Wow. (laughs) Uh, And so, of course, in this moment, she also remembers, holy shit, I ran into Riley I like. Oh yeah. my god! How will I ever undo this? And so the last scene in the episode is uh, Buffy going. Back Buffy to- just straight up gaslighting Riley. Exactly. You thought I was serious? Oh my god! You're so silly. <laughs> and I'm glad that they kind of like call this out for what it is, which is like, because he's straight up says to Buffy, like, "So you're insane." but you're still "Uh right. But you're still single. And it's like, okay. So, I mean, it's kind of endearing. I thought it was a little endearing that Riley was like, Oh my God, you're out of your fucking mind, but I still really like you. And you're saying that it's still possible for us. Like, I thought that was was nice. Um, I really like that. What I don't like is what
4: immediately follows it, which is Buffy's like, you have a lot to learn about women, Riley. And Riley's like, you're going to teach me. And then he lopes off into the wilderness. Oh, what don't you like about that? What I don't like about it is that he's, I don't know. It feels like he, oh no. Maybe I've just been steeped in this for too long, but it feels like he's, I don't know, putting the burden of of the education of Riley about women on Bond.
2: I see, I see, I see. And so me as a person who's always drawn to sort of like the bad, the bad boy, um, that's who I go for. I actually paid no attention to what Riley said or the context at all and only saw the fact that Riley who's normally pretty passive was not passive at all and like sort of like put his hand behind her head in like a very strong manner and looked at her and I and I was there for it Jenny I was there for it and I am not It's he- also
4: weird for that to happen and for him to then not have kissed her.
2: Well that's Yay! why I that's why I liked it because it was like she thought he was going to kiss her and he was like, not yet. And like, he's a dude mm-hmm. and he's a dude I have issue with. So there's like some stuff there, but just in general, like, listen, if you're trying to appeal to me, the way to do it is a move like that. Like I'm just, you know, I la- remember when Oz. If you're trying to appeal to me, just have big, strong arms, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, remember when Oz like flipped over the cauldron on behalf of Willow? Like, you know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm here for the like, I'm here for the strength. I'm here for the stature. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. As long as it's you know, as long as it's the consensual, which this certainly was, uh, I'm very much here for it. So I don't know what happened to me this episode. I really thought you were gonna get a go away, Riley jingle, but you didn't because I didn't really want Riley to go away this episode. I thought he was whatever, um, but he didn't <coughs> bother. He didn't bother me as much as I thought that he would. Um, I had I had a, just a joy a, a joyful ride with Spike. Um, I mean, this is. You know, we've talked about, like, some of the individual moments. But, like, this is Spike at Spike's fucking best. This is, like, wh- this is the reason why when I watched the series for the first time, I came out the other end being, like, Spike's my favorite. is because he embodies this, like, kind of what you said in the episode, Jenny. Like, it's like he's, like, dark and broody. He's got peroxide hair and dark nails. Oh, my God. Let's play his fucking jingle. Are we serious? Spike,
3: I love you. Spike, so dreamy. like you trench go.
2: In the in the middle, in his center, he's kind of like gooey and soft, and he's also like really fucking funny. Like the combination of that, so funny dissonance is what like creates such a such a great comedy. And James Marsters is brilliant. He's brilliant. He's fucking brilliant. And so is Sarah Michelle Geller. So like getting to see them in this episode, do this thing that is totally the opposite <laughs> of their normal interactions with each other is so fun. And I have to imagine that it was just so fuck like so much fun. It, was, it It reminded me of um when we talked to Christine Sutherland about band candy and like how she was just like, it was so fun. Cause it was totally opposite of what we all played of like Giles getting to be teenage Giles and Joyce and, and principal Snyder all getting to be their teenage <laughs> selves. It was like, you know, just like a fun adventure as an actor. I'm sure when you get to like throw off all the stuff you normally do and try on something else for an episode.
4: Yeah. Seeing them in these like totally uh, different and also inherently hilarious roles is uh such a delight
2: right so fun so uh, i guess we'll just have to see what happens next with this whole uh situation <laughs> i think it's an episode called hush i haven't heard much about it uh one of yeah the... it's one of the it's like uh not even one
4: of the fan faves right no it's no like it's a... a
2: smaller kind of a throwaway episode it's a
4: b-side of an
2: episode <laughs> <laughs> um and i think we've done a decent job of discussing something blue what do you think jenny I think it's great. I think there's just one
4: thing missing.
2: You're right. Sexual
4: Attention Award. Well, here we are in what is traditionally the sexiest part of our episode, (laughs) the Sexual Attention Awards. And today we are blessed with uh, not just one set of results, but actually two sets of results from the episode's pangs. And the Angel episode, I Will Remember You, which we had a bonus sexual attention award poll for. So, let's talk about the winners and the losers. But we're all winners when it comes to the sexual attention awards. It's
2: an honor just to be nominated, Jenny.
4: Truly. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. Okay. So, in Buffy, season four, episode eight, pangs. Here are the results. Uh, We've got coming in last place with 8% of the vote. Anya and Dying Together. I think it's romantic. Maybe if it was the Romantic Tension Awards. Mm. Anya and Dying Together could have taken it. Then in third place with 23% of the vote, we've got Anya and Ritual Sacrifice. Just one percentage point ahead with 24% of the vote, Anya and the word girlfriend. Hot, 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 hot. And then coming in first place, our winners for Pangs, Anya, Xander Digging with 45% of the vote. Congratulations, Anya and Xander's Digging.
2: Yeah, I don't know how you mail a trophy to Xander's Digging, but I'm sure you're going to figure it out, Jenny. Yeah, maybe you dig a hole, bury the trophy, oh, just hope for the best. Oh, yes, yes, I like it. All right, <laughs> we're going into I Will Remember You Now. Now, I don't know if this is going to be included in the finale vote at the end of the season, so we'll have to, like, really have a discussion about that. But we did a vote for a sexual attention award in Angel season one, episode eight. And uh, coming in in last place was Angel and Lady Oracle, otherwise known as Lady Power. I know I think they deserved uh, some attention there, but they were up against some heavy competition. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. Two more percentage points up. I'm really surprised at the lack of voting here is Angel and Doyle. Uh, 7%. Oh, they only got 7% of the vote. So low. And I think that's because of our other two nominees coming in in second place for the episode. I will remind you, I will remember you is Angel and Buffy with 34% of the vote. (laughs) The, of course, the only combination that could beat out Angel and Buffy in their most important episode, perhaps, who knows, is Angel and Food coming in at 54%. (sighs) Angel and Food, congratulations. Yeah, well, the passion
4: was high. You know, Buffy and Angel had sex like a season ago, season and a half ago. Uh, Angel and food haven't been together in like 243
2: years. That's true. The tension's been building for centuries. (laughs) 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 All right, Jenny, give us our nominees for this episode, today's episode.
4: Okay. For something blue, here are the nominees. (laughs) Buffy and Riley's arms. Nice, nice, (laughs) nice, nice. Okay, Buffy and Spike. Yeah,
2: give me some of that spuffy love.
4: (laughs) Then we've got Spike and Passions, the television program. He seems very invested emotionally. And uh, wild card. Uh, your fourth option, Anya and Xander's mom. Is mm-hmm. there something going on there? Let's what, find out.
2: What do those fruit roll-ups mean, you know? Truly.
4: <laughs> they could mean anything. So if you want to participate in this beautiful Sexual Attention Award democracy, please uh, check our Twitter for the poll. We are at BufferingCast, and you can cast
2: your vote there. Ooh, oh nice nice little wordplay that you did there, Jenny. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know.
4: <laughs> well, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not watching Buffy, I am usually writing and recording songs. You can hear some of those songs and learn more about me at jennyoandyoungscom slash buffering. And you can give me a shout on Twitter any old
2: time, at Jenny Owen Youngs. Yes, and I am Kristen Russo. Uh, You can find more about me and the work that I do with LGBTQ communities over on my website, kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. You can use that spelling to also find me on Twitter and on Instagram, where I post pictures of like, you know... Sam the cat and <gasps> um, like I know that cat st- stacks of stacks of my books with like kill your local misogynist mugs like things I think like most of you would be into <laughs> if you want to like go on over there and give me a shout you can
4: buffering the vampire slayer is on Twitter Facebook and Instagram at bufferingcast and you can always drop us an email at buffering the vampire slayer at gmail.com
2: yes and if you want to support us there are many ways to do that many ways for you to uh, help lift us and help us lift you, um, whatever. You can go, (laughs) you can go to iTunes uh, and you can rate and review uh, our podcast. That would be amazing. You probably at this point know about our sister podcast, Angel on Top. Um, But if you don't, you should check them out. You should give them a listen and you should also rate and review them because it helps people find our podcasts and theirs. You can also uh, join us on Patreon. Go to our website, BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. Click on Patreon. And you can join us at many levels over there and find out about all of the really fun, wonderful rewards that you get for giving. And uh, Jenny, you can also go to our store. And there's something in our <gasps> store now. Oh my God that you're excited about. So why don't you well, tell the people what they can find in the store? It's just well,
4: all- it's just the reason I wanted to start a podcast so that we could eventually make branded socks. <laughs> our very first pair of socks is available now in the store. They're so cool. Yes. They have our little hand and stake in front of the moon logo. They've got like the cemetery, uh, It's not a skyline, but I guess like a headstone line, you know,
2: repeating (laughs) down the body of the sock. They say buffering the vampire slayer on them. They love them so much. Yeah, they're really good. And um, you can find that and also the new seven inch vinyl that we have from last week's collaboration event, their little uh, I Will Remember You featuring Ben Thornwell and of course Jenny Owen Young's, plus Hello. all sorts of other fun goodies t-shirts and enamel pins and mugs and what have you. Just go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com and click on shop and you can find all of those things. Yes, indeed.
4: And till next time. Ow!
3: Must have been cold there in my shadow To never have sunlight on your face
1: You were content to let me
4: shine
3: That's your way
4: <laughs> Oh my god, the classic vampire love ballad it must have been cold there in my shadow (laughs) never the sunlight on your face that's right spike never the sunlight on your face only the sunlight on your tattered blanket that you run Uh, around town in
2: that is of course not this week's song but we just had to uh make you think it was for for (laughs) just a moment Oh goodness. Okay. Um without further ado, Jenny, let's let's get into the actual song for this week. Here we go. Here we go.
3: Have you met my boyfriend? I mean my fiancé. Who needs a little- Not the kind you take home to open arms and hearts but when he gave me his skull ring I knew we'd never part he's oil I'm holy water I'm the chosen one he's a cold somehow this just makes sense doesn't it I'm 98.6 ish he's room temp till the end but you know we heat up real quick cause he's my ride or undead I can see him in our future whittling my stakes and a mug till we're old and gray i mean blood from a mug till i'm old and gray he's oil i'm holy water i'm the chosen one he's a cold-blooded killer but we'll be cozy Somehow this just makes sense, doesn't it? Spike, so dreamy spike, your trench coat spike, don't ever change. Spike, peroxide spike, your black nails make me go insane.